Thank you guys for being here today. I know you may have been here uh, last week. Maybe you're invited for Father's Day, so welcome back. I was actually on Oahu uh, speaking at New York, Oahu and enjoyed Father's Day there. Uh, nothing like being at home, so we welcome all of you who are here today. Uh, I also met some people this morning, so uh, it was such an honor to meet you today, and I hope we get to meet uh, once again uh, or later in the future, or if I have never met you before, it's always good to meet you. I do want to say welcome to our, our Native American um, group because you guys came from the Navajo Nation in Arizona, so we just wanted to welcome you this morning. Thank you for joining us. Boy, what an honor. What an honor to have you guys here today. And so if you're here for the first time, we want to say thank you for being here and, and welcome. In your bulletin, there is actually a place for notes that you can take out and to help you to follow along. You can uh, take some notes to uh, get, it, get it into your memory. And, and part of what we do here is we present the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that we can understand so that we can apply it into our lives and then reach out to others who have yet to come to know Him as Lord and Savior. That's pretty much our mission statement in a nutshell. And so hopefully today we catch some things as we begin this new series called Counterfeit. Now, the Bible tells us that the, that the devil, Satan himself, masquerades as an angel of light. In other words, he appears as an angel of light, but he is not an angel of light. He is not the real deal. In other words, he is not who he is all cooped up to be. He's not that, you know, he, he comes in real subtle and sly and he's very crafty. And so sometimes we're going to see one thing, but really he's trying to do something else. Well, how do we know then what to follow and, and how it's, or, or the difference between what is counterfeit and what is real when it comes to my spirituality? How do I know what is real and what is not when it comes to following God? How do I know it's God? How do I know it's the true God? How do I even differentiate between, in the ways of the world, between what I should follow and what I should not follow? Well, that's what we're going to learn today as we talk about Christ being the image of God. Because that's what's going to be important is understanding that in order for us to know the difference between the things of God and that of the enemy, then we will need to know the true knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to learn how to follow the light of Christ not the, the devil who masquerades as an angel of light. Just think about it. In our day and age, we see images all over the place. Uh, when we're on our phones, if there are ads that pop up, or if you're, if you're uh, going through Facebook or even Instagram or any type of social media, a news page, any blog, we always see different types of images. We see logos. We see uh, pe uh, pictures of people. So we see all kinds of different images around us. We see statues in our world of uh, representing different people. Different locations have different statues to represent that which took place in that uh, specific city. So we see this happening all around. Well, we're familiar now with these images, these people, and these logos that after a while it becomes second nature to understand who it is, what it's about. We don't really have to think too hard. And so it is when it comes to our relationship with God, if we don't know who God is and we just grab onto anything, then how will we know who is God? If it's just, oh, that sounds good, oh, that feels good, that seems right, how will we know if it's actually God? That's why the Bible says that Jesus is the image of God. 
So we're going to learn that it's going to be Jesus who actually helps us to understand who God is and who we're, who we're following. So when God sent his son, God was saying, if you want to know how I am, who I am, what I'm like, and how I love, look at my son. Because Christ is the image of God. In other words, God displayed himself through his son, Jesus Christ, so that we would know who he is. Because that's how we learn about a person. We spend time with them. We, we get to know them. In fact, I'm going to put up some pictures and some logos, and I want you to kind of guess who this is. Or if you do, then just shout it out, because some of you may know who this is, and some of you may not, but you can, you can get to know these people or study about the logo or whatever it is, and then learn about the company or the person. And it's same with God. If you want to learn more about him, look to Christ. Let's take a look at this first one. Who is this? Charlie Chaplin. Some of you are thinking, I have no idea because uh, I'm, I, I was not around at that time. But this is a familiar face even if you weren't around when he was alive. Uh, next picture. Three Stooges. Who is that? It's funny that we say Mo, Larry, and Curly in that order. So Larry's on the left. Well, you're left. And uh, Mo is in the middle and Curly's on the right. Okay, next picture. Who's that? It's so funny because I was thinking, what is her real name? What is her real name? Because it was the Mary Tyler Moore show. That's her real name, Mary Tyler Moore. I didn't know that. So, okay. Let's, my mom watched her, so I, I, I can see that. Okay, next one. <laughs> it's easy. Okay, you have to say this when you see the fawns. What do you say? Hey, and you got to do the thumbs up, right? Okay, so hey, fawns. Okay, next one. <laughs> you guys get old people. Okay, who's Diana Ross? I thought that was Latoya Jackson. I was like... That's LaToya. Okay, so uh, Diana Ross. Next one. Beyonce. <laughs> Next picture. Yeah, all the kids. Pikachu. All the kids. Pikachu. Okay, next picture. Yeah, easy that one. Some of you just came from there. Next one. <laughs> yeah, some of you are shopping there this afternoon. Next picture. Yeah, that one might be difficult because for those of you who Snapchat, you know what that is. For those of you who don't, it's like, that's a ghost. No, no, Snapchat. Okay, next picture. Yeah, Apple. Next one. Yeah, some of you are shopping there right now. Get off your phone. Next one. What is this? See, I thought this was Wells Fargo. Someone, is it, it's Coach, yeah? Yeah, see, you know it's Coach. I'm so glad Heidi really doesn't own coach. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I think, it's, I think it's coach. Is it coach? Any of you? It's, it's co okay, yeah. Some of you holding up your bag. It is coach. Okay, next one. You sure it's not Aquaman? Okay, that's Wonder Woman. Next one. Ferrari. <laughs> that's good. Horse. It is a horse. Okay, it's a Ferrari. Monopoly. That's, that's, a, famous, that's a famous guy right there. Okay, next picture. Windows. We don't have any, but that's the, the logo right there. It's interesting. It's easy, right? It just pop them up. But the ones that we don't know of, it's like we have to think a little bit. We just stop and think a little bit. But the ones we are familiar with, very easy to know. Now, when it comes to God, when you're unfamiliar with God, it's an indication we're unfamiliar with Jesus. Because Jesus is the image of God. He gave us his one and only son so that we would know who he is like. But then comes the enemy. 
The Bible tells us this in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. That word masquerade means to disguise, to transform. It's to change the figure of. It's a word that means, and it's two words, it means to denote a change of position or condition. That the whole schema of a person, comprising of everything in a person which strikes the senses, the figure, the, the, the structure, the discourse of the actions or the manner of life of that person can change, can transform. And so Satan himself can change everything about himself to appeal to our senses, our five senses, including our spirit, through his actions, the manner of life that we live, and anything to your liking. But he's still masquerading as an angel of light. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 7, I'm going to read a, a proverb that will help us to understand the context of what we're going to be talking about when it comes to counterfeit. And this word counterfeit, when we understand the root of counterfeit, we're going to understand even that much more how the devil operates. Proverbs chapter 7. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm reading out of the New International Version. And if you have a different version, you, you'll be able to follow, although some things might be a little different. But in this story, you're going to find yourself in there and then you're going to see the strategies of the devil and so it begins this way it says my son keep my words and store up my commands within you keep my commands and you will live guard my teachings as the apple of your eye bind them on your fingers write them on the tablet of your heart say to wisdom you are my sister and to insight you are my relative they will keep you from the adulterous woman so in this part the devil plays the adulterous woman from the wayward woman with her seductive words. At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. So we are the youth who has no sense. The devil is looking down on us and peering at us. And he was going down, uh, the youth was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. We got to remember, the devil is very crafty. And he, is, he has in, intent. He has intention when it comes to us. And his intention is not good. And we're going to find out why. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street. Now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. So the devil just lurks in every corner of our life, and he's waiting. She took hold of him and kissed him, and with a bronzen face, she said, Today I fulfilled my vows. I have food from my fellowship offering at home. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you and have found you. So it almost sounds like, well, the, the, the woman, this adulterous woman, is excited to see this young man, and almost playing into his feeling and his emotions and, and what he's going through. And she says, I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. In other words, she's saying some good things to entice this young man to do what she wants and to do her will. So she'll appeal to what sounds good, what looks good, and what seems good. But with persuasive words, she led him astray. 
She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose, till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. In other words, the devil may make things sound good, look good, feel good, but in the end, it ends in death. He leads us astray from the Father and pulls us away so that we can follow his ways and end up where we never would want to end up. It's interesting that in this Proverbs, the, the adulterous woman uses the word love, but it is not God's love. It's like we're going to see that in the world. We're going to hear certain words that are being used, but it's not of God. The devil can use any word and counterfeit it to make it appealing to you and I so that we follow his ways all the way to destruction and the end is death. The etymology of this word counterfeit comes from two words, counter and fate which means in opposition, make. In other words, whatever is of genuine quality, whatever is the true nature of something, whatever is the real deal, a counterfeit is made to make it look like that or seem like it is, but it doesn't have the same amount of value. It is in opposition. It's like a, if you understand football a little bit, and if you don't, it's okay. You'll still be able to catch this. Let's just say... and. Okay, I'm not a coach or anything, but just for the sake of, of this illustration, uh, you have this running back here, and this is the quarterback. In a counter play, what happens is you have your defense here, and I know there's more players, but stick to the thing. Okay. In a counter play, what happens is the running back takes a step this way to make the defense think he's going to go in one direction, and when everyone shifts in that direction, everyone's moving in that direction, the counter uses their momentum and the deception of the play for everyone to move this way while the guard and the tackle pull this way so that when the running back counters, everyone is going in this direction and then he can score a touchdown. So the counter play is exactly how the devil does certain things. In other words... He'll come into our life, and if we don't know any better, he wants us to move in one direction. And then after a while, as we move in that direction, the momentum of life will take us. And then by the time we notice, we're in opposite directions of God. And what the devil wants more than us failing is he wants us to know we're failing. He, it doesn't give him joy to, to see us fail. What gives him greatest joy is to know we failed and that we're further from God. He could care less if we fail, so long as we fail further from God. Because the only way the devil can get back at God is not against God. He already lost that battle. The only way he can get back at God is if he goes after us. That's the only way. He goes after us because we are God's most prized creation. He loves us more than anything else, and he wants to hurt God. 
So he'll put a counterplay in our life. We'll have the momentum. We'll follow that relationship, that success, that life, and we'll keep going. And the next thing we know, we're so far from God. And God says, what happened? Well, I've been following what felt good, what seemed good, what sounded good, followed my feelings. And he says, boy, you've been duped. But here's the good news, that even through all of that, God can still redeem us, even though we've been countered. Why? Because he is the author of life. That's why he went to the cross, to redeem us. And the reason why God gave us Jesus is that so that we would know who God is, what he looks like, and how he does things so we wouldn't get countered by the enemy. And Jesus came so that we wouldn't go along with the devil, only for him to counter us with the momentum of life and take us in a direction we shouldn't have gone. Let's not give the devil any more credit any more joy. Let's continue to follow Christ, the image of God, because everything else is counterfeit. Colossians 1, 15 through 23. I'm going to read this, and it's in your notes. And it reads this. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is above all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies, with, uh, enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Paul the apostle writes this because before Paul became Paul, he was Saul and he, was, he, was, he, was, he knew about God, but once Jesus died and rose from the grave, there was this kind of like a movement happening of people following Jesus and then this new movement came on the scene called Christianity. Well, Paul, uh, well, at that time was Saul. Saul was given instruction to put to silence anyone who was following Jesus. So Saul goes on this journey to destroy Christians. He's on the road to Damascus. He meets the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And Saul's life is changed. And Jesus says to him, why are you persecuting me? And then he says to Saul, you're going to be my instrument. And then he becomes Paul. Now, once Paul changes his life, this radical change, he understands the God he knew even that much greater because he sees who God is through Jesus Christ. Everything lined up, and now he can come to know God even greater because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. 
And so now Paul is writing this letter to the church in Colossae, and he's saying, listen, I've been there. I've been in the place where you try to chase after things to fulfill your life's desires, but listen, it's not going to be through any other way except through Christ Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God. It's like when it comes to money, when it comes to currency, we use a $100 bill to buy certain things that are of that value. And so when it comes to a counterfeit, what Paul is saying is, you're going to see all of the counterfeits of a Christ-like figure. Success, more things, and having more things. You think that's going to satisfy your needs, but it's not. You come to Christ, then everything else can be added in, which won't make you feel more or less valuable. Because Christ is the one that gives you meaning, purpose, and value in life. And so when you seek first the kingdom of God, then everything else can be added. But if you do it opposite, Paul is saying, you miss out. Because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. I was studying a little bit on counterfeit money and because getting prepared for this series. And with counterfeit money, with currency, in order to de- detect a, a counterfeit bill, they don't study all the counterfeits. They actually study the real deal. What is the, the real $100 bill? They study that very well. They know what it looks like. They know what it feels like and, and, and what it should be like. And then when a counterfeit comes, very easy to detect because they know the genuineness of the real bill. They call it a genuine bill or a a specimen. It's the real one. And it's worth that value. It's a note that should be worth $100. I know gold standards and all of that makes it less worthy. But for the sake of our argument, let's just say you have a $100 bill and you have a counterfeit. This $100 bill has a value that is far greater than the counterfeit. In other words, that's what counterfeit means. It means in opposition, make. In opposition, make. This has high value. The opposite of that, this has no value. When it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, he already gave you that value, that meaning, that purpose. So everything else has no value. In other words, if you're looking for value, purpose, and if you're looking for meaning in life, aside from Jesus Christ, you're never going to find it. You can search for all life, for your entire life. You can look for your entire life for meaning, value, and purpose. You're not going to find it unless it's in Christ first. And when it's in Christ, then everything else that comes along, it doesn't give you meaning, purpose, and value. It's just, it becomes a passion of yours. Maybe you like doing these things. Maybe it, maybe it makes you feel better, but it, it doesn't take away who you are if you don't have it. Some of us try to find value in our position or, or prestige, uh, looking better or having greater things or, or having more money or, or owning brand new things, getting a car that, that looks good so that we can outdo someone else or a bigger home or, or our family is a better family. We try to look to those things to make us feel valuable. And God says, that's never going to make you feel valuable because I have brought you value, meaning, and purpose. Everything else is going to be a counterfeit. You know, when it comes to counterfeiting, digital technology has done such a good job with producing technology to where these counterfeiters can produce counterfeit bills so close to the real thing. And it can almost seem like, yeah, but it's, it's, not, even, it's not even close. Here's what, the, here's what our government says about counterfeit money. They say, you know, when it comes to counterfeiting, 
The counterfeiters, they don't need to produce bills that are exactly the same. They just have to make it close enough that you're tricked by it. Just close enough. It doesn't have to be anywhere near it, just so long as you're tricked by it. Just close enough so that you're tricked by it. And that's how the enemy works. He, does, he's not gonna, he can't replicate the life that God has for you, the plans that he has for you, the purpose and meaning and value that he has for you. But if he can come close enough to it, we'll get tricked. If he can come close enough to say, no, no this, is, this will give you value. This will make you feel better. Your purpose will be better. This will give you meaning in life. If he can come close enough, then that's good enough because we'll be duped. Jesus is the one who is genuine. And when they use that word genuine, it really means that it is truly something that what it's said to be, the genuine bill. It's what it's said to be. The specimen is used as an example of its species or type for that scientific study or display. So when they talk about that bill, it's a specimen or it's going to have that value to it that's genuine. Jesus is genuine. There's no one like him. He is God's only begotten son. He is the exact image of who God said he is to be. And he is the example of God on display. As Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 tells us, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in trespasses, You were saved by grace together with Christ Jesus. He also raised us up and seated us in the heavens so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. It's going to be in Christ Jesus. Jesus gives a story in John chapter 10. And if you want to turn there, you can. And I'll read this, this story. He talks about the good shepherd and his sheep. And he says, in John chapter 10, verse 1, he says, Very truly, I I, I tell you, Pharisees, and he's speaking to the religious leaders, the, the Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls on his own sheep by name, And leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, He said, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Then he comes to one of the famous scriptures that we know of. He says, the thief comes only to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he says, but I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the good news that Jesus brings to us. He says, listen, there's going to be a sheep pen, and he likens us to sheep. Let's just say this is the sheep pen, and here we are in the pen. Sorry, my art is not. This is, ooh, circle that one. Okay. This, this is sheep, 
And uh, he says, I am the gate. In other words, there's one way in, one way out. And the sheep know that. And the shepherd, this is my shepherd. This is a good shepherd. Yeah, there's a staff. That's the staff, the shepherd's staff. Okay, so you have the good shepherd, the sheep, but then he says, here comes some thieves. Uh, this is their hands, like, mad. Urgh. That's the fist, like, Urgh. let's make, I'm not going to make mad. Urgh. There you go. So that's, that's the thieves. These are thieves. I got to improve on my. Okay. <laughs> okay, so those are the thieves. They come in through another way. They do not come in through the gate. They do not come in through this route. Jesus is the gate, but he's also the good shepherd. And what he does is he leads his sheep because they know his voice. They don't follow the stranger. Why? Because they know the voice. But if you don't know the shepherd, you don't know the gate, the way in, the way out, any voice will do. But only the good shepherd leads you into the pasture, into a place where there's, there's life. Sorry, this is pasture. That's, you get it. That's what, that's what the shepherd does. He leads you into a good pasture. The thief, the thief and the thieves only come in to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the devil wants. But Jesus said, I came so that you may have life and life more abundantly. He's the gate. And he's also the good shepherd. And because Jesus is the image of the invisible God, we can all receive the immeasurable riches of his grace. And here's how. If you want to write this in, that you would find your meaning in life in Jesus. That's where it's going to come from. That you find your meaning in life in Jesus. Don't look elsewhere. Look to Jesus first to find your meaning in life. Everything else can be added after that. But unless you find your meaning in Christ, anything will sound good. And you'll, you'll go to things that are less valuable than what God intended for you. But if you come to Christ first, now, now you're going to be able to tell what is counterfeit and what is not. Where, he want, where you want to be, where you should be being led, and where you shouldn't be led. For instance, let's just say you're trying to find meaning in life and you don't know Jesus, then whatever comes your way sounds good. You're going to follow that. However, let's just say it was a career change, a move. You're moving from one place to the next. Let's just say it, was, it had to do with a positional change. Maybe it had to do with starting a family, who to marry, all of those things. You may have still ended up with the same job title, same position, same amount of money, whatever it is. But without Christ, you're going to find out that there's destruction there. But with Christ, even if you still ended up there, because you have Jesus, he will navigate you towards green pastures. It is not this that is green pastures. It is Christ that brings you to green pastures. It's not the job. It's not going to be finances. It's not going to be who you marry and all of that. But if Christ brings you even to the same place, it's because of him that there are going to be green pastures because he's the good shepherd. You don't just come to Christ and say, Christ, show, show me where I need to go. What do I need to do? Tell me, then after that, I'm done with you. He's the good shepherd, which means he leads us, which means we stay close by his side. We stay very close to him. 
Jesus gives us meaning. We exist because of Christ. All things were created in him and by him. And in him all things are created. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are his workmanship created for, or created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, the enemy tries to counterfeit your meaning in life, but Jesus already gave you meaning. He already, Jesus already gave you meaning. Sometimes we try to find meaning of our life or the meaning of our life outside of Christ, and Christ is saying, I already gave you meaning. Why are you looking for it somewhere else? And the enemy tries his very best. That's why we can be reconciled to God because of what Christ Jesus did. In other words, that, that word reconcile mean, reconciled means to restore friendly relations between. So now we are friends with God. It's no longer in opposition. It's now in cooperation. Now we cooperate with God because we're in this relationship so that we can have peace with God. It's not a truce. A truce means we don't do anything bad. You don't do anything bad. You leave us alone. We'll leave you alone kind of thing. God says, no, no, I'm going to bring my peace to you regardless of what you're going through. I will bring peace. We're at peace with God because of what he did, not because of what we did. It's because of his grace. And so when we come to him, we find meaning in life. The second is that we find our value in life in Jesus. That's where we're going to find value. It's going to be in Christ. If you're looking for value in another person, in another thing, the next best thing, the greater things, more, it's not going it'll, to, it'll, it'll become empty at the end. But with Jesus, when he gives us value, that's eternal. Then everything else can be added on. Why? Because we are held together because of Jesus. He gives us this value. Some time ago, someone gave me a, a gold chain, and, and I thought, wow, they're giving me a gold chain. That's pretty cool. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. Well, he gave me this gold chain, and, and I thought, wow, this guy doesn't even have money. He's a good friend. And, and so I wore it for a little while. After a while, my neck turned green. And I was wondering, why, why is my neck turning green? Well, what happens with, with that metal when it's a counterfeit is it's mostly made out of copper. And then copper has this uh, uh, value in it or whatever metal it's made of, well, the copper made out of that metal, it, it brings out the worst chemical reaction in us with a salt chemical, with the acid that comes from our sweat, so then it seeps into our skin, causing a green effect. And I thought, gold doesn't do, do that, but copper does. But even if you put gold over it, it eventually will wear off, and then copper will cause that green on your neck. So if you see a green ring around your ring finger or your wedding band, you might want to ask your spouse where they got it from. So <laughs> the pure gold is what you want. And that's the purity of God, that his value. You don't want something less than. You don't want something as a fake. You, you want the, the genuine relationship with God because that's what gives us high value. We don't want a fake relationship with God. We want a real, genuine relationship with God. And Jesus gives us that value. As it says in Romans 8, excuse me, Romans 5, verse 8. Let's read this scripture together. Ready? Go. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. Yeah, I love that. That's how God shows us how much he loves us. It's not when we were well-behaved. He says, no, I'm going to die for you and show you your value while you were at your worst. He gives us that value. The devil tries to counterfeit our value in life. But Jesus already gave us value. So if you're looking for value in something else other than Jesus Christ, you're never going to find it. Because it's only a counterfeit. Jesus is genuine. That's why we continue our faith with Jesus. And then the last thing, find your purpose in life in Jesus. You find your purpose in life in Jesus. Jesus gives us a purpose. Yeah, but what if things aren't going well right now? What if my life isn't going well? What if my emotions are up and down? What if there's uh, all kinds of turmoil things happening around me? What if uh, I just got into an accident and, and I don't know what's going to happen with the finances? My car is a wreck. My family is a wreck. My marriage is not going well. Well, here's where we have God who shows us our purpose. Let's read this together. Romans 8, 28. Ready? Go. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. God already gave you a purpose. You find your purpose in Him. The enemy tries to counterfeit your purpose in life, but Jesus already gave you that. You already have a purpose in Him. And He causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him, to those who are called according to His purpose. So if you love God, you already qualify for God working all things together for good. Why? Because you love him and you are called according to his purpose. You have a purpose. God has that. And he will encompass everything to work together for good. Do not follow what takes you away from the good news of Jesus. The hope that he has that Jesus gives us that hope which is held out in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. As John 10.10 10 tells us, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says what? Let's read this together. Ready? Go. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Enter through the gate, he says. Otherwise, you're not going to be led into green pastures. And when you put Jesus side by side with the devil... When you get to know Jesus, the image of the invisible God, you won't have to worry too much about the enemy because when you know Jesus, the genuineness of Jesus, the real deal, you'll be able to spot the counterfeit any given time quickly because you know the Savior. Satan has to masquerade as an angel of light. Because Jesus is everything he wished he could be. And he doesn't want us to become everything Jesus created us to be. So he's going to try and counterfeit. Let's turn to Jesus, the image of the invisible God, and we'll be able to detect counterfeits all the time because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. Amen. And close your Bibles and put away your notes. I want to close with this story that um, when we were in Washington, D.C. at our, our convention, uh, the wonderful thing about convention is we get to learn uh, 
in a setting that we're not actually doing the conference so you can really receive and, and worship God freely and uh, just be in a place where you're learning and growing together. Well, part of being there is I wanted to build relationship with our staff team, so some of them came up, and we went on a Segway tour. The Segway is that, you know, that a contraption that you stand on. There are two wheels, and it's kind of scary because if you don't, if this is your first time, then you have to get used to it. And so they had a coach, a, a trainer, who was giving us instructions, and his name was Thomas, and so he's giving us instruction, and, and you know, the, the competitiveness in many of us was, I can get this on the first try. And one of them, Holi, who went with us, uh, Bunny Correa's husband, he, uh, he got it like quickly. And he's like zipping around and, and I'm like, man, he makes it look easy. Well, when the instructor was giving instructions, we all were attentive because this was new to us. So we had to pay attention. And then he said, and you're going you're, you're, you're to want to listen very carefully because we're going to go on the road, not the sidewalk. We're going to be where the cars are. We're going on the road. And it's legal, well, where they are, because he said they treat us like a bus. We're going to be like a bus. There's like 13 of us. So we take up this whole lane. And sure enough, as we were going out, going to different monuments and looking around, we were on the road. And it can be pretty frightening because you're next to cars. And it's, you know, you can go maybe 12 miles an hour, a little bit faster than that. And so as we're going, you know, it's, it's a little nerve-wracking because this is new. But after a couple of hours, we were out there for three hours, you kind of get used to it because it, it, it goes according to your body weight and just how you feel. It's almost like natural after a while. Well, we were on the way back to the office, the main area, and then he gathered us all together. By then, we're talking story. We're, you know, it's, it's easy now. And then he says, hey, hey, guys, you want to pay attention to this last part? And, and so we're kind of talking, we're listening, we're talking. He says, no, you want to listen to this part because 90% of the accidents occur on the way back to the office. And we're like, hey, wait, 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 what did you just say? He said, no, 90% of the accidents occur on the way back to the office. And I thought, well, are there like, you know, potholes in the road? Is it, is it bad? What, like traffic, are there speedy people or dangerous people? Is this a bad neighborhood? What is the, what is the problem? I said, why, why is it that it's now back to the office? 90% of the accidents? He goes, yeah, 90%. I said, is it the roads? Is it the, what happens? Like, are people driving crazy here? He says, no, no, no. I said, what is the reason that 90% of the accidents occur from here to there? I mean, it's not even that far. And he says, oh, it's easy because in the beginning, when you don't know what you're doing, you're very close to my instructions. You're listening very carefully. But once you become so comfortable, you forget the basics. And because you forget the basics, that's when you crash and burn. And I thought, you know, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, we can forget the basics. We can be walking with Jesus for years and forget that Christ is the image of the invisible God and miss out on our meaning, our purpose, and our value because we've forgotten about Jesus. Let's not forget about Jesus and get so comfortable that we miss out on the basics. Let's come back to Christ. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord Jesus, it is 
It is days like this and moments like this that helps us to recalibrate our hearts back to you. May we never forget who you are, what you've done for us, that you give us value, meaning, and purpose. And without you, Lord, everything else is counterfeit. But when we seek you first, everything else can be added after that because we know that you are leading us into green pastures. I pray for anyone here today, Lord, that may not know you. Maybe they're, they're checking things out. And maybe they're getting to know you as Lord and Savior. I pray right now, Lord, that they would feel that tug on their heart. That if you're saying right now, you're, you're, you're here today and you're saying, boy, I've never given my life to Jesus, but I would like to. I just don't know how. I want to pray with you. And in this prayer, as I say these words, you just include the heart. And if you're here today and you want Jesus in your heart, it's a simple prayer. It's a prayer of salvation. For those of us who may have said yes to Jesus, how about we rededicate our hearts to him today? How about we, we once again say to the Lord, I'm not going to get comfortable so much so that I don't think I need you anymore. I'm going to stay close to you, the shepherd, so that as you instruct me, I pay close attention to your voice so that I hear your voice so that if any other voice comes into my life, I quickly detect it. That's us, Lord. Let's pray this prayer together and repeat after me. Here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you came and died on the cross for my sins. I believe in you. I give my life to you. And I thank you for showing me the way. Lead me and guide me unto full life. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the first time, could you just lift a hand real briefly? I just want to pray over you. Yeah, God bless you right there. God sees you right here, right here, right here. God bless you right there, back there, right here. God sees your hand right here, right there. God sees you right there, right there. God sees you right here. Right here. God sees you. God sees you. God sees you. Yeah. It's his life, his purpose. God sees you. God bless you. Yeah, right there. Right here. God sees you. Absolutely. Yeah, God saw you. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray for these that said yes to you this morning. What a powerful decision. A decision that changes eternity for their lives. I pray that they, as they begin their walk with you, that they will see greater days ahead as they fix their eyes on you. Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said together, amen. amen.